Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Pop of Wisdom, a show that celebrates people who have dared to be different, made mistakes and overcame challenges, and a rare opportunity to hear their wisdom. From incredible entrepreneurs to world-leading thinkers, join us here for rich, soulful conversation where we truly break down what success means and it's rarely what we assume it is. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, an entrepreneur, author, and podcast host on a mission to explore and celebrate what it means to be human. Alice Living is one of the biggest names in fitness in the UK and inspires millions daily with her content on social media, her Give Me Strength app, and through her three best-selling books. Alice rose to popularity just over six years ago and has been very honest about her journey with fitness and health. Alice fills her content with honesty, authenticity, as she tackles the truth around weight, working out, mental and physical health. Alice has spoken openly about how so many of us try to shrink our bodies in the hope we'll fit in better, be more accepted, and how destructive this can be for our sense of identity, and most importantly, our health. What is a favorite quote you return to often and why? one that sprung straight into my mind is about failure. And I think actually failure has been reframed so much over the last few years. And we see, you know, big names talking about how failure is actually a good thing. Um, But I think that I remember from from long ago, my mum would say it's never failure, it's always a lesson. And whilst it is a really cheesy quote, I guess, it's not one that in the moment you necessarily cling to because failure feels shit, right? Like it's horrible. No one likes to fail. But I think that definitely as I got older, I've been able to reflect back and see that actually a lot of the times where I haven't got things right, it's actually really propelled me in a new direction or given me a lesson that I then have held on to in a more meaningful way than when things have gone right for me. So I think for me, it's always the quote that I kind of come back to and remember that life is full of challenges and life is full of failure, unfortunately. But, you know, seeing that as a negative thing actually sets you up on the wrong path and actually seeing mistakes, slip ups, challenges as lessons, as things we can learn from and and get better from is a much more positive outlook. Which challenge do you think or lesson has been the hardest to try to really remind yourself that it's not a failing, it's a lesson? Because I find that I've had so many and some of them are easier to digest. Which one would you say has like taken you slightly longer? Well, I think really my biggest sort of challenge in my career was changing my name. So when I first started, I published three books under the name Clean Eating Alice. And it was at a time when the health and wellbeing industry was in a very different place to where it is now, thankfully. You know, it's much, much better than it was. But um, I kind of got swept up in you know, when you choose an Instagram name, I never imagined that my Instagram would be what it is today. 
And uh, I just picked a random name and I was like, I'm going to call myself Clean Eating Alice. Great, let's go with it. And it was only when I started to gain popularity and, and you know, grow a following and then, and then go on, like I said, to publish my books that the name started to be questioned and I started to be, I guess, lumped into a wider movement that I didn't necessarily agree with, which was the clean eating movement, the kind of very restrictive, orthorexic, quite damaging movement. And whilst I didn't necessarily at the time think that I was associated with that, definitely some of the behaviours that I'm now able to look back on were associated with that. But I think the hardest thing was having to distance myself from that and having to do a lot of learning publicly about why that was wrong and why actually, you know, what I was doing wasn't necessarily healthy. I think that I was really young and really naive and going back to the first point made a lot of mistakes <laughs> and I think that it was hard to do in a public way. I wasn't able to sort of run away and be like, oh God, I can't believe I've done this. I knew that I still had stuff to do and stuff to share and so I did that journey very publicly and that meant there was a huge amount of criticism and some of it rightfully so. But there were also people, thankfully, who took my honesty and transparency as a really positive thing and who were able to see that I was just trying to navigate that journey in an honest way. And I made a lot of mistakes that a lot of us make. Uh, it wasn't that I was any different. So I think that, yeah, that felt like one of the hardest things I've had to overcome. Obviously, there have been other challenges in my life. But I think from a business kind of perspective, I think that for me was probably the hardest hurdle in my career. And what helped you? I mean, was it friends and family? You know, was it like meditation? Was it reading different books? Like, what did help you? Well, I think that you have to keep you that's your private you and you that's your public facing you. And I had to learn to work on both of those images, both working on a lot of internal stuff on myself. You know, I mentioned about, you know, being very sort of warped in terms of my approach to health like I didn't have a good concept of what health meant and I'd actually gone after things that looking back were very unhealthy and really having to learn to love myself again as cheesy as that sounds like really learning to give myself that self-care of being like you're okay my image was built of having a six-pack what happens when that goes what if people don't like me anymore my whole thing was about being healthy and putting across this image of perfection as such what happens when I'm not that and I don't necessarily embody that in the same way that I think people expected me to that's difficult but you have to learn to separate the two that's business Alice and I'm able to work on that perspective and work on kind of how I then undid that and talked about that process of undoing that but then also from a personal perspective being compassionate to myself and doing a lot of stuff that you know lots of people do which is get therapy be able to talk to someone who's completely impartial and be able to work through some of the stuff that's more challenging that you can't necessarily do on your own and also be able to lean on people that are important in your life so I now have a really supportive partner who's been with me for six years and my family and just the normal stuff to get through. I really, really appreciate that sharing. It resonates deeply. The amount of times I've had that kind of panic of like, oh, well, if I don't have that job, are they still going to like me? Or if I don't, mm. I'm not doing that. And I hear it a lot. A lot of people when when we have got something outside of ourselves that have propped our confidence up and that's totally normal right yeah 
Well, we're like, we're like a collector of things. We think we want to fill our cup with lots of things so that when you go to a dinner party or when someone says to you, what do you do? What are you about? You can pull out all these things. Like for me, it was collecting all these accolades of like, I've got this amount of followers and I've got this weight on the scale and I have been on the cover of a magazine this many times. And you know, like all this external stuff that actually when you strip it all away, like, is that really you or, or like, is that just stuff that you're sort of clouding you with? You know, when I think about who I really am now, I like to think of myself as an individual, as a person, as a, you know, detached from all of the stuff that I've got going on outside of that. And when I meet someone, I want them to take me for me, not Alice who's done this or Alice who's done that. And I, so I hope that I kind of try and live that way more now rather than just being like obsessed with what someone's job is and how connected they are and who they know and what I can get from them. It's a constant daily thing, checking in between heart and ego, heart and ego, because Mm. it's difficult and the culture that we're in does definitely uh, not help. It's like kind of the antithesis of what you're talking about. What, What drives you to do then what you do? What is it that gets you up in the morning? Yeah, again, a bit of a like cringe answer, but I, I genuinely love what I do. And I feel really fortunate to say that. Does that mean every day is amazing? No, obviously not. But does that mean that at the end of every day, I go to bed and think I've really done something good today, or I feel like I'm really doing good in the world? I look, like I'm not saying I'm like, you know, some superstar, like change maker. But I think in a very small way, I like to think that I'm kind of doing some good and that I'm putting out a message that's a positive one and that I'm helping people to find, you know, their journey with exercise and fitness and well-being and all that sort of stuff. So I think that 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 really does keep me going. But yeah, I think I genuinely love it. I love my job. I'm grateful that I get to do something that I love. And I think that I remind myself that not everyone is as fortunate to have that in their lives. So, you know, on the tough days, it's like reminding yourself, okay, but at least the good outweighs the bad and that's a good way to be. <laughs> so you obviously are, a, you research heavily. Your content is so well thought through, so well thought out. You really do practice what you preach. Which habit, if you could choose one, have you cultivated that has impacted your health, happiness and performance the most? Oh God, I think that sleep underpins everything. And I'm not just saying this from like a kind of health guru perspective, because I don't see myself as that, but more from just a personal perspective that I'm a better person. I'm more motivated. I have better mental clarity. I am cognitively more aware and able to just do things in a better way if I sleep well. And I genuinely believe that if everyone was able to sleep a bit better and really invested in their sleep, we would all be healthier, happier people. There's so much research to support that. It's not just the role of sleep, even in things like our brain development, for example, and um, saving off things like, you know, degenerative diseases. Like it's so crucial. And I think it's something that we tend to forget because, you know, you look at successful people and think, oh, they're working so hard. They're not really sleeping much. It's almost like an honor to sort of get four hours, five hours sleep a night. For me, I'm like, no, I go to bed at half nine and I wake up at five or six, depending on what I'm doing on that day. I religiously get that sleep and I know that if I get that I'm a better person and so it's the thing that like is you know in life you have those non-negotiables like I'm guessing this is similar to what you were asking but there are certain things in my life that are complete non-negotiables and of course like we went for dinner with friends last night I got home at 11 it doesn't happen every single night but for for tonight for example 
I'm going to be in bed at half nine and I will get that good sleep. And I know tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be like, right, let's go to the gym. I'm ready. Um, so sleep for me is that number one thing. If I could get everyone like my clients, my friends, everyone just to prioritize their sleep. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And invest in their sleep. I think we'd be healthier, happier people. What is your sleep routine or your bedtime routine? generally I will get into bed at about nine which feels really early for a lot of people but for me it really works I have my dinner quite early so I'll usually eat at about half six I finish by about you know like me and my boyfriend will chat and whatever and I might watch the tv half seven finish up any bits wind down from like eight o'clock and then um, get into bed at nine. And then I put my phone on airplane mode. So my phone goes down. And then I try to read 10 pages of a book before I go to bed. And that was always like my goal to kind of switch myself off. And for me, reading is like the perfect escapism. And it's the way that you can kind of take your mind out of all the stresses and busyness of the day and try and focus in on a completely different world. So it tends to be fiction. And I'll do at least 10 pages, but I don't always make it to 10 because I'm sometimes just falling asleep. <laughs> But that's my goal is to do 10. And that's kind of a really nice bedtime routine. And then typically, if I'm going to the gym in the mornings, my alarm is set for five. So I have to be really religious with like going to bed at half nine. And so yeah, it's very boring, but it works for me. (laughs) What's the book you recommend the most? Oh, so if I were to say fiction, it would be I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes, which is just like an amazing book. I read it on holiday and it was one of those books my boyfriend had like really bigged up to me and said, you have to read this book. (laughs) And I was like, okay, all right. And when I read it, I literally could not put it down. It's it's brilliant. Nonfiction is a little bit trickier. I do love The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. I think that's a great book, but there's quite a few that I really like. Bounce by Matthew Syed is another really good one that's really helped me in business-wise and kind of just thinking differently, taking a different perspective. So yeah, those are two of my favorites. It's interesting because Rhonda Byrne, that The Secret book, it's the one book I have such an issue with. How interesting. Okay. I feel that it puts too much emphasis on thoughts and not early enough around action in the sense that in the book, it's like, you know, if you want that car, just think about that car. And I'm thinking to myself, has cars ever in the history of mankind ever truly made someone happy for a long time? I think that's interesting. You know, like I agree with you, but I think that's almost like a too literal translation. Like Mm. I think you're totally welcome to your opinion. And and of course, like I, I think to a certain extent you're right. I would say maybe it's more like refocusing the mind on what it is that you want. Love this. A lot of us live day to day 
thoughtlessly. I know that doesn't, mm. you know what I mean? Like you can sort of I agree. move through the motions. And, you know, a lot of the time with my job, like one day falls into the next, into the next, into the next. And you don't actually stop and go, what do I want? Where am I going? What do I need to do to get there? You know what? I really appreciate, I really appreciate <laughs> that change of perspective. Because you know what? You're so right. It, we do live thoughtlessly. It's not, I don't think it's everyone. I think I'm only speaking from my experience, but I have definitely done that. And I've definitely been that person that's just like, you know, wakes up in two weeks, three weeks time and has been like, what have I actually done for the last three weeks? You know what I mean? Like you're doing stuff and you're busy, but what are you actually doing? And is that getting you closer to the things you want? And look, like, I think we can all do that. And that's fine because that's life. And sometimes life takes over. But I think, you know, if you read a book that kind of just makes you go, okay, Mm. what do I actually want from life? from today, from this week, from this month, how do I get from where I am right now to that place? And it could be as simple as I would like to have a really nice dinner tonight. So I'm going to make time to go to the supermarket and buy things so I can make myself a nice dinner. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but if you never stop and think, I'm going to feel better if I make myself a nice dinner in the week, I'm going to feel better if I really focus on getting good sleep, for example. If we're just going through and thinking things are bad but not necessarily taking action the thought precedes the action so the thought comes first you focus the mind and then it's like okay what do I need to do but look I'm no expert no 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 (laughs) I really honestly I really really appreciated what you just said and it is it's like a massive dose of wisdom because you're right actually just to have a small reminder maybe this is it you've certainly given me a bit of a jolt today to go actually let's stop for a second and take note no I really appreciate Mm. that perspective how do you think you've changed in the last decade and I know you touched about that in the beginning but if you were to meet yourself 10 years ago in what ways and from a soul level do you think you've changed one of the things that I would say is I had an experience when I was 16 so I'm 29 now I had experience when I was 16 when I was a victim of horrific domestic abuse and you know had to go to court and really had like a life-changing moment of like horribleness you know I don't even quite know how to describe it it was awful and it lasted for a year and it really changed me as a person and anyone who's been a victim of domestic abuse will know that it strips you of any autonomy and it also makes you so lacking in confidence and and you know you completely lose your sense of identity so 10 years ago I was still just rebuilding myself from that and I was still just finding my feet with who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? I feel like I'm having to start from scratch again. So it's really interesting to look back 10 years ago and be like, wow, look at where I am now. Never in my life did I think that I'd be sat here doing things like this and, you know, doing the things that I do in my job ever. And so I think that the things that I feel that I've really grown with and learned over the last 10 years are really to embrace every opportunity. You know, like I genuinely wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't been a yes person who's just said, yes, yes, I can do that. Yes, I will do that. Yes, I want to do that. And really gone after opportunities when they presented themselves to me rather than shying away from them because, oh, I'm not quite good enough or I don't think I'm ready or, you know, anything like that. And the other thing is, I would hope anyone that's met me or worked with me, I'd like them to think that I'm a a fairly nice person. (laughs) And I know that sounds so simple, but I was having a conversation with with a friend who's got a really high-powered successful job and we were just talking about how connections and networking and knowing people sometimes trump any experience and qualifications and whatever not saying always but sometimes is that right or wrong who knows you know you, you can make your judgments on that however 
I think that being kind to people, being nice to people, doing things for people really helps to open doors. Making those connections really matters. And then finally, I think just investing in always becoming a better person. Like if I had to look back on, like I said at the start, the person who I was 10 years ago, I have really, really worked hard to deal with the internal stuff so that I'm a better person for everyone else around me. And it's been hard. And, you know, I've done years of therapy and, you know, really had to look inwards. But I actually think that, you know, now I'm so much more of a kind of compassionate, happy balanced calm person for doing that and I don't think that it's ever you know a kind of I've arrived I'm amazing I'm happy (laughs) like I'm done I don't think that in any way and I'm sure like you know there will be other times in my life where I might need therapy and I might need to do that internal work because I think that life is a journey and we're never you know just settled and we don't ever have our you know path completely straight there's always going to be things that are thrown in away in our way but I do think that like being able to have that self-awareness to say, I need to do the work inside. I need to do something on this. I need to work on myself in whatever way to be better for those around me and be better for myself as well. I think that's a, a really important learning. You're so right. Like great depths do lead us to totally different places, um, mm. which you've so eloquently shared with us. Really appreciate that. What is exciting you most at the moment? I mean, there's so many things. I have lots of really exciting stuff coming work-wise this year, but nothing I can say. So (laughs) that's really boring. But work-wise, that is exciting. And also, like, I have some really lovely plans with friends this year. I think after COVID and after lockdowns and not seeing people, just being able to spend time with the people that I really love makes me happier than anything. So we have some amazing weddings and parties and, you know, stuff just coming up that I'm like, I cannot wait to enjoy myself with those things and to see people that I love and and spend time doing things I enjoy is, is really what makes me excited too. Amazing. Well, to finish, would you mind ending our sentences? Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) The world is. Beautiful. (laughs) Happiness is. A constant journey. When things don't go according to plan, I. Embrace the chaos. (laughs) When I'm feeling low, I. Watch Netflix and chill. (laughs) Not the connotation of it. (gasps) Oh, my God. You know what? Even the connotation would probably be a great answer. Oh my God. (laughs) Definitely the actual watching of the Netflix and the actual chilling. Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) When I'm feeling full from life, I... Do everything with a smile on my face. The piece of wisdom I would share with my younger self is... Not to worry if not everybody likes you. Thank you so much. You're very kind. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I will be putting Alice's Instagram um, in the show notes. I'll be putting a link to her books, a link to her app. So if anything uh, stirred you to ask questions and please, please, please follow such a bright light as Alice because she's definitely an inspiration to me. Thank you so much, Poppy. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Not Perfect Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would deeply appreciate it if you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review and perhaps maybe sending it to a friend who also might enjoy this episode. I can't tell you how grateful I am for those that share this podcast on their social media or with friends because it helps the show reach more listeners. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. So if you've had any thoughts or you want a specific guest coming up in future episodes just let me know shoot me a message on instagram or twitter it's just at poppy jamie and so until next time stay flexible stay true to you and stay leaning into love planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.